The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Getting ready for week seven, baby. Here we go. We got the Saints and the Cardinals tonight, and we have seven AFC home games to take a look at on today's show. Can Geno Smith bounce back as he's at the Chargers? You know, a lot of weeks we can say, hey, you could just sit your Steelers, but four teams on by this week. You might have to start some Steelers this week. We'll talk about that. How about Kyle Pitts? How about Drake London? Can they get going at Cincinnati? And Amari Cooper is on the road. Oh, no. Does that mean we have to sit him? Well, hello, Heath and Jamie. Hello, Heath. What's up, man? Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I uh, have a trade offer from Heath. I give Gabe Davis. I get Dak Prescott. We'll have to see if I'm going to accept that. So that's fun. Give give Gabe Davis and get Dak Prescott. Yes. Otherwise, I'm starting. I don't even know if I got Matt Ryan. I put in a claim for Matt Ryan. I'm not sure if I got him. Otherwise, I'm starting Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford. They're not playing this week, so it's desperation time. You can't win without a quarterback, Jamie. Which uh, What's your record in this league? Two and four. So you can't afford to lose. I yes. Yeah. So do you have the receiver depth to give up Gabe Davis? If Keenan Allen plays, then yeah, I think I do. But Gabe well, Davis I mean, isn't playing this week anyway. But next week. But yeah, if Keenan Allen starts playing, then yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. um it's interesting that Heath of all people is trading for Gabe Davis. Um I know. It's like what am I missing here? <laughs> I, I would make that trade. I'm leading, yes. Yeah, you know, just in quarterback hell. Um, Jamie's going to give us some buy low, sell high, because he never gets to do that, and then we're going to get into the games. Stat of the week. Look at this stat. According to PFF, Damian Pierce forced 17 missed tackles against the Jaguars all the way back in week five, as they're coming off their bye. 17 missed tackles against the Jaguars. About 10 of them were on one play. That is the most missed tackles that PFF has ever recorded in a single game. Go Gators, Jamie. Damian Pierce. Go Gators. All right. Stupid, stupid, stupid Dan Mullen. 
<laughs> All right. So, Jamie, give me a buy low and a sell high. This is a starter sit episode, but just figured would love to hear your trade thoughts. Give me a buy low and a sell high. I would buy low on Justin Herbert. You mentioned uh, one of the key pieces why, key reasons why is it's Keenan Allen. You know, I, I I don't think Keenan Allen necessarily solves the Chargers passing game woes, but I definitely think it's going to help Justin Herbert. You know, uh, we had this conversation with Pete Prisco on CBS Sports HQ on Wednesday about just how the Chargers don't challenge down the field right now. Everything is so underneath and it's, you know, baffling to him, you know, for a guy who's covered the league for as long as he has to see what, you know, Justin Herbert has been and what hopefully could still be. Um, but they're not, they don't have a lot of speed, you know, and, and, you know, we had this conversation just about missing Jalen Guyton and just somebody that can threaten the defense a little bit. So with the way that their offense is operating, getting one of the best route runners, certainly one of the best underneath slot receivers that we've had in the league for the last several years, uh, I think that'll help things and maybe open up some things down the field. Maybe Mike Williams runs a few different routes. Maybe Josh Palmer, you know, runs a few different routes. You know, they do some different things with, you know, the tight ends. But um, I think just getting that that type of receiver back makes Justin Herbert that much more uh, that much more lethal, that much more potent. And you know, if you can get him now while his value is a little down, it's a good move to make. Um, as Adam's alluding to, you know, with his own quarterback woes, lots of people have quarterback woes. So if you can, you know, maybe find the Justin Herbert manager that's in a desperate situation and has a competent number two guy, or you can give them a, you know, semi-competent backup to help them someplace else. That's a move I'd be looking to explore. And then the sell high candidate, I mentioned this, uh, maybe on Tuesday show, um, it would Juju. You know, I, I think he's got the opportunity to still be a good number three receiver, but after the game that he just had, anytime you get a receiver who pops like that with a quarterback that he plays with and the offense that he plays with, it screams sell high if he hasn't been doing that consistently. And so if you can sell Juju for something that's a little bit better at this point, you know, maybe sell Juju for Keenan Allen or for Michael Thomas or somebody that can be top 20 caliber rest of the way. That's the type of move you should make as well. Yeah, I think he has their two longest Juju. This is their two longest completions of the season. Um, but, you know, one of them at least was very fluky. And that was, I think I would call that anyway, the, uh, but you know, Heath, you were encouraged by Juju, you know, even though he did have maybe a little fluky kind of bouncing off tacklers, but still show that ability. Do you think he's a sell high? I think it depends on how he's valued. I mean, anybody can be a sell high. If you could get top 20 wide receiver value for him, then, then I would take that. I think he's, um, although I do think that there's a chance that he's just getting comfortable in a new offense. And I, I, that he's closer to what he was last week than what he was early in the season. I was trying to find Patrick Mahomes' uh, longest plays of the season. I I was thinking it might be the three longest plays. Oh, it's possible. Uh, I mean, no, three three of the four longest plays. Watson and he both had a forty-one yarder. So he had a fifty-three yarder, a fifty-two yarder, and a forty-one yarder. Okay. Um, and we saw him early in his career make big plays like that with semi-regularity. He had a 97-yard touchdown in each of his first two years in the league, and then those things had just completely disappeared. I do think that like Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas, there is higher injury risk for Juju than other wide receivers rest of the season. All righty. Well, that's, uh, we're going to get into starter sit in just a little bit after I tell you about the CBS Sports app. I was all over the CBS Sports app last night, was unable to watch a couple of games that I wanted to watch for about a half an hour. 
Uh, and in that stretch, I was all over the app. That would, of course, be two terrible losses by the Yankees and the Knicks. But thank you to the app for at least <laughs> alerting me to the fact that they were losing. So it's a great app. You turn it right on, and you open it right up, and this terrific scoreboard right there right in front of you. And you can watch live games on the CBS Sports app. If they're on CBS, you can watch them on the app. You can watch HQ. So download the CBS Sports app. It rocks. Who rocks this week, Jamie? Who's the player we love? Who's the start of the week? That's a guy that we were very excited about all season long. Uh, you know, couldn't wait for him to, to perform uh, at a high level. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, <laughs> uh, I think this is a good spot for him. Obviously, the Lions defense not very good. They've given up, uh, I think it's uh, five in five games. Um, here, I have it for you. Uh, five running backs, at least 15 more PPR points. Uh, eight rushing touchdowns. I thought Zeke looked really good last week, not just because of the stat line, but just the way that he ran against a tough Philadelphia run defense. So it looks like he's getting more comfortable with the offensive line. I thought the line's playing better. But clearly the big part of this is Dak Prescott coming back and opening up the running lanes for them. You know, So I don't think you're going to see the threat of uh, – you not have the threat of a passing game as opposed to what they have with Cooper Rush. So this could be a, a potential top 10 week for Ezekiel Elliott. I'll, I'll, I'll couch it more as a top 15 week. But I also think you could start Tony Pollard as well, uh, just based on how these guys have been used in tandem. Um, clearly Zeke playing more, but I think Pollard also has a chance to be a top 20 running back this week. So if you can start both Cowboys running backs, I don't know if you want to do it together, uh, but I have no problem starting both of them in this matchup. All right, J- uh, Heath, who are you starting? Who are you liking this, loving this week? I am loving Josh Reynolds this week. Not quite to the extent of a top 15 like Ezekiel Elliott, but he is a top 20 wide receiver for me. He has 28 targets in his last three games, and the two games in, those, in that stretch that he had 10 targets, and Ross St. Brown actually played. So it's not just a product of St. Brown being out. I think that the, he and Josh Reynolds will be the top two wide receivers in a game where they're chasing points against the Cowboys because their defense is so bad. Wouldn't be surprised if he has 8 to 10 targets again. He is on the injury report, though, uh, Josh Reynolds. He has a knee injury, I think, that popped up. Everybody on the Lions is on the injury report. Yeah, but this was a new one. Uh, So just something to keep in mind. Um, All right, that's that's interesting. Boy, that's a surprise. I really thought that his production would be just tied to Monroe St. Brown's absence. And I can't really say Monroe St. Brown played in week five. He played 20 snaps, I think. Uh, But you're right about the other two games uh, with, uh, with Reynolds. And yeah, 12.8 or more PPR fantasy points in four straight games, actually, for Josh Reynolds. All right, interesting. Good stuff, Heath. Uh, How about a player to avoid, Jamie? Who are we sitting? I would sit David Montgomery if you can. Um, It's a brutal matchup against the Patriots. They've yet to allow a running back to score a touchdown. Uh, No running back is more than 60 yards on the ground against this defense. Um, It's just been very tough to run against the Patriots. And and clearly, they know what the Bears are going to do. It's not like they're going to surprise... Chicago's not going to surprise New England all of a sudden come out throwing the ball all over the place and change their approach, uh, which they probably should, but I just doubt that that's going to happen. I mean, just look at what they did to uh, Nick Chubb holding him to 70 total yards. Uh, clearly, David Montgomery is not that level of player. This is not that level of offense. Um, the only team to have success against this Patriots run defense was the Packers, and it was the overtime game where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon just went crazy uh, by comparison to the defense that they're facing. So I just think it's going to be a rough game for Montgomery. He's going to have to make a lot of plays in the passing game, which he has the ability to, uh, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to make him a slam dunk must-start guy like he typically has been. So if you can sit him, sit him this week. And Khalil Herbert, by the way, 75% rostered. So he is going down in roster percentage, and that might be a mistake. So just he's somebody that you, if you can roster Khalil Herbert, you should. Uh, Heath, who are you avoiding? Uh, I would really like to not start Brian Robinson. Um, 
I, I know that the Packers run defense hasn't been good, but the Washington commanders have played against the lions and the bears who don't have good run defenses and run for three and a half yards per carry or worse. I just think this run game is too bad and he is not running efficiently and he's not getting any work at all in the passing game. Doesn't have a target in two games. I kind of like Robinson this week. Really? Why? Yeah. Why? Well, this is the type of player and, and, and way to beat the Packers is to just run right up the middle at them, you know, and just force them to try and make plays with their run defense, which has just been completely awful, uh, basically in the entire Matt LaFleur era. So um, is he going to have a huge game? No, he's going to need a score. So that's going to have to, you know, sway if he is successful or not. And you have to, you know, kind of understand that going in because as he said, he's not going to be involved in the passing game. But I do think that this is what their approach is going to be is to run, run and run some more. Try and keep the Packers offense off the field. Try and, you know, slow the game down. Uh, try and take pressure off Taylor Heineke. So, I mean, it just feels like if there's any chance for Washington in this game, it's going to be because of Brian Robinson. I would say, I feel like you guys would agree with me on this, that Brian Robinson is a very good sell-high candidate. And, I, you know, I, if you're playing with experienced fantasy managers, they know that guys who don't, have any role in the passing game running backs who don't have any role in the passing game you know are are risky but if you know in a lot of leagues i think you could get a guy coming off a game with 17 carries and a touchdown i don't know i i just he's pretty game script dependent i would think for what it's worth he's averaging like three something yards per carry very low threes um and they beat the bears they held the bears to seven points but we don't expect those types of performances from washington's defense that was why he had 17 carries. So uh, would you guys throw the, the sell-high label on Brian Robinson? That's very fair. Yep. Okay. Heath, do you approve that message? That he is a sell-high? Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think um, the, the way we look at him and the way we talk about him would be a lot different if the Bears had not muffed that punt because um, he was just having an awful game and didn't have that True. much rush volume. Yeah, again, I just go back to what this defense has been. Uh, four rushing touchdowns allowed the last three games. Um, similar type of uh, uh, situation like with the Patriots. You know, Damian Harris, that type of guy, uh, had a, a touchdown against them. Clearly, again, you're right. The defense matters here, and will they be able to stay in the game? It's not like the Packers' offense has been fantastic, though. You know, So it's um, they have to step up their game as well. So if the Packers are running away from this, then yes, Brian Robinson is going to struggle. But I do think this is a situation at home. Uh, Rodgers is banged up right now. Did practice on Wednesday. This thumb injury is, is probably something we need to take a little bit more seriously um, for him. And so I think, again, if the commanders stay in this game, if they have an opportunity to win this game, it's going to be because of Brian Robinson, not Taylor Heineke. So uh, how about, um, how are you, how's your exercise routine these days, Jamie? You getting on that Peloton? I'm doing my best to get on and, and force myself because I need to do it. And it's a great way to exercise for sure. What do you love about the Peloton? Sell me on the Peloton. I'm thinking, hey, I don't know. Should I get a Peloton? I'm on the fence. Jamie, you're my salesman. Well, for you, it's an easy situation to sell you because you don't want to leave your house. And if you don't want to leave your house and get a great workout, the Peloton is perfect. There's so many different exercises you could do. And it's not just the bike. The bike is clearly the the creme de la creme of workouts uh, because of what it offers. And you get to, you know, ride in intense workouts you get to ride in just relaxing workouts if you just want to do a scenic ride and just uh, you know zone out or like what i like to do is put on the scenic rides not necessarily pay attention to the screen and i get to watch you know uh football whether i'm watching you know old games watching film or watching you know live games like i will do tonight 
Um, but it's just a great way to get your workout in on the bike. But like I said, the app is fantastic. You can do it anywhere on the go. Take the bands with you if you have the ability to do so. If you're in a hotel, um, I like to do that when I travel, you know, get a workout in that way. You can do yoga. You can do meditation. You've heard me say this time and time again. We use the meditation for our kids. My 10-year-old now uh, is trying to get in better shape for his baseball, uh, his his uh, what I hope is a long baseball career, but for his baseball uh, season and his basketball season. So he's been riding the Peloton 20 minutes a day himself. Uh, so we lower the seat as low as it can go. He fits on the bike. <laughs> he's now wearing my white, my wife's uh, cleats because his feet are so big. Um, so he wears the same shoes that she does so that they clip in. Um, otherwise you can do for kids. You can do like a little, uh, uh straps that they can put their regular shoes in. But my 10 year old is now using the bike. I'm, I'm looking over at it cause I, I'm, I'm staring at it waiing for us to get done. So there you go. Right. Um, but it's just, it's just a great workout and, uh, I highly recommend it to anybody, especially somebody like you, who is uh, a homebody and wants to stay at home when you have kids. It's great. Yeah. And not just that, I think it's the instructors that really appeal to me too. Cause I need someone to kind of motivate me and oh, they'll yell you. That, that's what they it's do. Motivation that moves you motivate, anytime. Motivate you. Yes. Motivate. Yeah, that's fine. I need to be yelled at anyway. Motivation you that moves music, you too. anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Learn more at onepeloton.com. New members only, terms apply. One Peloton, P-E-L-O-T-O-N, onepeloton.com. All right, uh, I think we're getting Heath back here. Heath is back. Hey, Heath, welcome back. We'll, we'll see. I will not say anything bad about Brian Robinson again. <laughs> Internet gets cut every time I do. Uh, here are your news and notes. Dak Prescott has been cleared. You guys still have Russell Wilson ranked, but he has this hamstring injury. He's not as a guarantee to play against the Jets. Uh, oh, you haven't heard what he said? No. It's a very, very awkward Russell Wilson moment in the press conference yesterday. He says he has Wolverine blood, and then he <laughs> gave like this really like awkward laugh. I don't know if the media members laughed along with him, but more goofy Russ. No, I, I want things to change. No, I hate them. I, I, I want to like them, but right now I hate them. Uh, so Russell Wilson, right now we have ranked. He has Wolverine blood. Apparently, I did not know that. Lamar Jackson was limited with a hip injury. Doesn't seem like a big deal. Andy Dalton likely to start tonight. We're going to keep an eye on this. It's the Thursday night game, but Dalton likely to start. Kenny Pickett will be the starter if he clears the concussion protocol, according to Mike Tomlin. They're Monday, uh, Sunday night at Miami. Taylor Heineke says he's more comfortable and more confident this season, and that he's improved his arm strength. So we're looking forward to seeing what Taylor Heineke can do for Washington against Green Bay this week. Sam Darnold returned to practice. Uh, P.J. Walker is going to start this week. But if you're in a 2QB league, maybe Sam Darnold is someone that you want to stash. Uh, running backs. James Conner is a game-time decision tonight. If he plays, Jamie, what do you do with the Cardinals' bat? Well, give me the scenario in and out for James Conner for the Cardinals tonight. Connor in, he would be borderline number two running back flex just based on the fact that you have to trust that if they're going to play him, they should give him an opportunity to be the lead running back. That's no guarantee. Could clearly be a decoy. Uh, but I would think that if they're going to risk playing him on a short week after not practicing, they feel comfortable enough that he'll be their at least goal line guy like we've seen. Um, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a must start running back by any stretch. I would not be comfortable playing Eno Benjamin. Connor is out with Darrell Williams already out. You know, Benjamin is a number two running back based on the volume that he'll get. Hopefully he's more productive this week than he was last week. Uh, but I think you should feel comfortable enough with, you know, Benjamin, depending on what your running back situation looks like to trust him as bottom line of flex play. 
So I know you don't like David Montgomery this week. You want to avoid him. Would you start a Cardinals running back over David Montgomery? I would start Montgomery over the Cardinals running backs if Connor plays just to be safe. But if he doesn't, you'd start Eno. I would start Benjamin over Montgomery, yes. All right, Justice Hill is back for the Ravens. He practiced in full. J.K. Dobbins did not practice, so we're going to keep an eye on that one, and we're going to preview that game in a little bit. Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines practiced in full. Brian Dable says he's not concerned about... Yeah, that was still limited, though. Oh, he was? Officially. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, Brian Dable says he's not concerned about Saquon Barkley's shoulder. And that's, you know, he's, he's left very briefly twice, now two weeks in a row with that shoulder injury, but they're downplaying it. DeAndre Swift is pushing towards playing this week at Dallas. Lovey Smith says Damian Pierce needs 20 carries per game, at least 20 carries a game. Okay, we'll sign up for that. Melvin Gordon is going to start this week. He's done that, though, two of his last three games, though, so I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, uh, well, he needs to keep doing it. Heath, um, Melvin Gordon's going to start this week against the Jets. Are you sitting all the Broncos running backs? I would like to sit all the Broncos running backs. Josh Kelly out weeks with a sprained MCL, so that probably means Sony Michelle is now the handcuff there. And how about Jordan Rodrigue of The Athletic? She covers the Rams. She expects rookie Kyron Williams to have a big role when he returns from IR. Do you guys think that Kyron Williams, if you don't have an IR spot, is a player to stash? If you don't have an IR spot, depends on what your depth looks like in your, you know, running back situation. Um, I don't know if I'd rather have Kyron Williams or Gus Edwards at this point. I think Gus Edwards probably has a higher ceiling because of the mouse defeat in the backfield there for the Rams versus the mouse defeat in the backfield for the Ravens, knowing that Dobbins is banged up right now. Um, but yeah, I think if you have an IR spot, it absolutely makes sense to stash him. Heath, does this mean that we should be looking to to sell Daryl Henderson for whatever we can if Kyron Williams is really going to have a big role when he returns? I don't know if I'd say for whatever you can, but if you could get another starter, basically any position, I would do it. Okay. Wide receivers, Amonra St. Brown practice in full. Uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins were limited. Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas are out tonight. Kansas City is apparently considered a strong contender to sign Odell Beckham, according to Pro Football Network. Um... Mike McDaniel was optimistic about Jalen Waddle playing this week. Keenan Allen was limited. He, he, you know, he's up in the air for this week. And Josh Palmer is in the concussion protocol. They have Seattle this week. Rashad, excuse me, Rashad Bateman practiced. Tyler Lockett missed practice with a hamstring injury. Jahan Dotson was limited. 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 No, he missed it, didn't he? Lockett, I believe, was limited. All right. Someone look that up. Look it up. Uh... Julio Jones mispractice. Marquise Brown out at least a month. Sammy Watkins. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. In that practice. All right, thank you. Glad I got one right. Tyler Lockett mispractice. Sammy Watkins eligible to return from IR. If Robbie Anderson plays tonight, he'll be very limited, so don't start him. Jamison Williams. All Dan Campbell said was that Jamison Williams will play this season, so we don't have a timeline for him. And Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay missed practice. Shocker. Uh, tight ends, Mark Andrews rested, no big deal there. Dalton Schultz practiced in full. So if you had to choose between Taysom Hill tonight or Dalton Schultz on Sunday, who would you start? Taysom. Taysom. Darren Waller missed practice with a hamstring injury. Pat Fryermuth practiced in full. He's still in the concussion protocol, but he's, you know, at least practicing in full. So if you had to start Pat Fryermuth or Taysom Hill, who would you start? Taysom. Okay. Gerald Everett mispracticed with an illness. Donald Parham is in the concussion protocol. Cameron Br- uh, Brait mispracticed, and Adam Troutman is going to be out tonight. 
There are some big offensive line. Like Juwan Johnson, nice sleeper. Yeah. All right. Uh, some big offensive line news to, to look at here. Trent Williams was limited in practice. I wouldn't expect him to play for the 49ers, but he was limited. Uh, but right tackle Mike McGlinchey was out. He missed practice. Teron Armstead missed practice for the Dolphins, their left tackle. And but he never practiced. Okay. Well, he did miss last week. No? Or did he come back? He wasn't practicing prior to that, though. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland right guard Wyatt Teller is out this week. And defensively, Shaq Leonard practiced in a non-contact jersey. Remember, he has the concussion. Nick Bosa was limited. They still have a ton of injuries on defense, but at least he got in a limited practice. Uh, Akeem Hicks for the Bucks. Defensive tackle, he missed practice. Rashad Fenton, Kansas City starting cornerback, missed last week's game, and it really showed he missed practice. They're at San Francisco. Oh, they're host. They're at San Francisco. Uh, Carolina's beat up in the secondary. Dolphins are beat up. Steelers getting a little bit healthier in their secondary. We've got a tweet of the day. It comes from Brent. Did you know that the actor who plays Otto Hightower, the Heath lookalike, is the same actor who portrayed the kicker in The Replacements? Did you know that? I did. Jamie told me that yesterday. I had no idea. Jamie, why did you tell me? I, I didn't talk to you yesterday. Yeah, that's um, true. But uh, Pete Prisco and I are, are big um, House of Dragons fans, so we were discussing the show yesterday in front of Heath because I know Heath doesn't watch the show. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, so, I'm way behind. So, no, nothing about the show, but um, Pete has like a funny way, like when he talks to somebody, he goes, he does like this, like a point at you. So he goes, you look like Otto Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> And so Heath was trying to figure out if he could be him for Halloween. Um, and I said, oh, you know who he is? Because I looked this up because I was like, God, he looks so familiar to me. Um, like, like where, I couldn't place him, like, you know, aside from being Heath. Um, yeah. And I looked at his ID, IMDb page and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. And you know what else he was in? He was also uh, the uh, one of the bad guys in the Andrew Garfinkel Spider-Man series. So oh, he was um, the croc in in uh, the second the second. Uh, Garfinkel Spider-Man one. I think the second. Oh, the first one. Sorry, the first one. All right. Well, the Halloween Grinch can dress up as Otto Hightower. So there you, there you go. Or Nigel Gruff, I believe, is the kicker's name. One question for each game. Heath, I'll give you the first one. Seattle at the Chargers. How confident are you in the wide receivers in this game? Seattle at the Chargers. I'm starting both the Seahawks without really any question. Um I'll start Mike Williams without any question if Keenan Allen's out. If Keenan Allen plays, then Williams and Allen are low-end number two wide receivers, but I'd slightly prefer Williams. Pittsburgh at Miami. Jamie, we starting any Steelers this week? I don't fear Najee Harris if you put him in perspective. He's not going to be a top 10 running back, but he has scored 12 or more PPR points. I believe it's in four of his six games this season. So... He's still returning number two running back value, low end number two running back value. And this Dolphins run defense, I know it was a little fluky last week with Dalvin Cook because it took the 53 yard touchdown run at the end of the game or in the fourth quarter um, or second half, whenever he scores, excuse me. Uh, but I think Najee is going to get enough volume. I like the fact that they've started to throw the ball to him a little bit again. Maybe it's the steel plate being out of his foot, but I think Najee still is a number two running back. And I think Deontay Johnson, I'll go back to your stat. Um, about the seven targets per game versus yeah. the Dolphins. <laughs> it's now six guys after both Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen did it last week. Now the number got lower. So you were at 14 points per game uh, for those first four guys. Now it's 13 points per game because that's where Adam Thielen ended up. But if you tell me I'm getting 13 PPR points from Deontay Johnson, I'll sign up for that as a number two running, or number two receiver. So um, I'll take him and I'll take Deontay. And then Fryermuth, I think if he plays, he's a starter. 
Yeah, so it's been uh, there's actually been five wide receivers with seven to nine targets. That's what I was looking at because that's where Thielen is basically every week. And then Diggs had 11 targets. But the five wide receivers with seven to nine targets, I think all of them have scored, except Jefferson, who had 100 yards so, but didn't score. <laughs> I, I'm not completely well-versed in Azer stats. Yeah. If you tell us that five wide receivers have had seven to nine targets and they've all scored at least 14 PPR fantasy points, and then 13. Adam Thielen has seven to nine targets and scores 13, no, 13. is the stat a good stat or a bad stat? It's good. They've all they've all done well. Every if you get seven targets against the you're, Dolphins, you're just muddying well. it up. It's six receivers that have at least seven targets against the Dolphins. Yeah, they've done all well. six have scored at least thirteen PPR. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you have to go but, seven to nine. <laughs> uh, because that because that's what it was for Thielen. Yeah, because for example, you know when I was looking it up for Thielen, if a guy gets twelve targets, that doesn't really tell me anything about what Adam Thielen's going to do because he never gets that. He gets right seven to nine. You know, basically every week. Uh, Deontay Johnson, on the other hand, gets, on the other hand, gets a lot more than that. But J- Johnson's an interesting case. He's got the like the eighth most targets among wide receivers and the thirty second most yards or something. So he he's defies this weekend. He defies all of these stats. You know, he's so bad per target. Um, His first touchdown comes this weekend. All right, Jets at Broncos. Who is the best Wilson in this game? And do you trust any wide receivers? <laughs> Heath, do you trust any wide receivers? Uh, Russell Wilson is the best Wilson in this game. I believe in his Wolverine blood. I'm sure he'll be out there and playing. Uh, Cortland Sutton's the only wide receiver in this game ranked inside my top 30 at wide receiver. Jerry Judy's just outside. He is a boom bust number three wide receiver. Would you guys start Cortland Sutton or Deontay Johnson? Sutton. Uh, I'm getting closer to moving Johnson ahead of Sutton. This Jets defense has been phenomenal. Yeah, and their two cornerbacks have been really good. Um, yeah, but I think they I don't give want up, any part of Jerry Judy. They give up some production to uh, wide receivers, right? I mean, they're not like locking guys down. No, they're not lockdown guys. But I, I don't have any 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 faith. Yeah, in Judy. So would you start all four wide receivers? Assuming Keenan Allen plays, all four of the Seattle Los Angeles Chargers wide receivers over Sutton this week? Not Keenan. Uh, no, not Keenan. Okay. Not yet. Colts are at the Titans. Jamie, how much do you like the Colts passing game against arguably arguably the worst pass defense in football? Both top 24 receivers in uh, in PPR. Um, Pierce just outside in, in non-PPR. Pittman's obviously a must-start guy. Um, Paris Campbell, not there yet. but <laughs> um, uh, No, in terms of Pierce and Pittman, I think it should be all systems go based on what they've done for the last... Pittman, clearly easy, but Pierce the last month. And, and he had it'll four be interesting to see if... Them. Two weeks ago. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the Titans coming off a bye are still as bad against the passes as they have been. Especially against a team that they just played. But yeah, they give up a ton of big plays. I mean, they give up a ton. They give up the most, even even without playing a six game, even with only five games played, no team has allowed more 20 plus air yard completions than the Titans, which I think would favor Alec Pierce. Not over Pittman, but it would help Alec Pierce. Um, how about Atlanta, Cincinnati, Heath, London, and Pitt. Start or sit? I don't want to start either one. You're probably starting Kyle Pitts because he's a tight end, but he's just barely in my top twelve. I would like it's again. It's a situation where you may not be making the roster move because there's buys and you don't have that many spots. But I would start Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, and Robert Tunyon over Kyle Pitts. Is there a how many wide receivers have a higher target share than Drake London? 
He's had, I think, a 28% or higher target share in five straight games. It's, it's, un- it's such an irrelevant you know. number for him. You I know. He's really close. Who? Darnell Mooney. <laughs> I can see that. The target share is so good for London, but they never throw. All right, Cleveland at Baltimore. This, this, this is an interesting test for the Falcons because if the Bengals offense, which is starting to get hot, goes crazy early in the game, which you're counting on Zach Taylor to call the right plays, but if they get hot early in the game, the Falcons offense is going to have to flip itself on his head. And then London should have a decent opportunity because of that target share and even pits. But they're going to just come out there and try and run down your throats. And it worked last week for sure. And uh, I'll tell you about Cincinnati's run defense a little bit later. They've been struggling since DJ Reader went out with an injury. Cleveland at Baltimore, Jamie, starter sit, road Amari Cooper. I would start him because of the bye week situation. I wouldn't start him as a, oh my God, this is a great situation for Amari Cooper because I do think that this Ravens secondary has played a little bit better of late. You know, you've noted this a lot um, following the Miami game. But yeah, but I was wrong about that. I have to give an update on that. So they were bad against they Miami. They played better. They, they haven't were, been. No, no, no. They were worse against New England. And then, since then, the last three games, much better. But New England threw all over them. Devontae Parker had 150 yards. But, yes, I, I kept saying Miami. I really, it was those two games. They've been much better well, since then. Well, I mean, the, the, the Dolphins game is the one that stands out where they were just awful. Um, in any event, they played better of late. And, you know, you're counting on Road Amari Cooper to, to still be successful. But last week was a fluke. You know, you got lucky that he scored a touchdown. So he's, he's a back-end wide receiver, too, this week. Houston at Las Vegas, start or sit, Brandon Cooks. Heath. Me, okay. Um, High-end number three wide receiver. Depends on who you have. If you start three wide receivers, you're starting him. But I've got him right behind Amari Cooper, right in the Juju Smith-Schuster, Alec Pierce range. I I like the fact that they're a touchdown underdog here. Um, so I expect them to be chasing points, even if they do try to give Damian, they will give Damian Pierce his 20 carries. Um, I, I like the fact that Nico Collins a little bit banged up coming off their bye week in terms of what that should mean for Brandon Cooks. I don't like the fact that he didn't practice on Wednesday for whatever reason. Like, mostly should be a, a vet day, but I never get why they get vet days coming off a bye week. Like, what's the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> Did By the way, I'm using all my stats of the games all, uh, early here, but Nico Collins has outgained... Brandon Cooks, four straight weeks. I did not yeah, realize. Yeah, I like the fact that, that he's banged up a little bit. Yeah. All right. We'll get into the games in just one minute. We'll go a little bit deeper. We'll take a break on fantasy football today. When we come back, Seattle at the Chargers. Can the Seahawks offense rebound after a disappointing week six? We'll be right back on fantasy football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Seattle and the Los Angeles Chargers. So we going right back to Geno Smith, guys. Heath, you can get the first word. Uh, he's a top 12 quarterback, um, mostly because quarterback's terrible. But yeah, he, he's uh, just inside my top 12. I think he's still got a pretty decent floor. I would expect somewhere around 20 fantasy points. Jamie. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he's been running the last, you know, three, four games, um, uh, you know, which if that continues, that'll be fun. Um, I think this is a game where they're chasing points. You see what the line is here, that they're, you know, basically a touchdown underdog. The over-under suggests it should be a big game as well. Um, so I, I, I know the Chargers defense has, has looked a little bit better of late. Um, I don't understand what's going on with J.C. Jackson, uh, why you sign him and bench him. Um, Brandon Staley said he wasn't playing as, as well as he would have hoped in that game. Uh, he's going to start again this week. But uh, I think if, if they get in a situation where you're asking Gino to throw the ball a lot based on what he's done so far this season, he should be successful. Now, granted, they can run all over the Chargers. Their run defense has been awful. Um, so don't take what happened with the Broncos as, as what this Chargers run defense looks like. This could be a huge Ken Walker game. But I'm, I'm still going to trust Gino enough in this spot. It's also a revenge game. He has spent one season in, uh, as a backup for the Chargers. <laughs> wow. I did not even remember that. Uh, would you start Geno Smith or – well, this is an interesting group that Jamie has here. Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, Matt Ryan. I have Geno a little bit too high from where you're looking. So Okay, so, go so you're going to put Prescott and Ryan ahead of him? Uh, I will put Prescott ahead of him. I'm not sure Ryan, but they're very similar. You're going to get a lot of volume, I think, this week and, and positive production. Uh, I agree with Heath, right around 20, 22 points. And what about you, Heath? Dak, Matt Ryan, Geno Smith? Dak, Gino, Matt Ryan. And Tua. Where does Tua factor in there? Dak, Tua, Gino, Matt Ryan. Tua's behind those guys for me. Interesting. All right. That game's coming up. Ken Walker, top 14 for in both formats. He actually did split third down work pretty evenly with DJ Dallas. Uh, I guess only concern would be that the score, you know, if they are six-point underdogs, how does that factor in? But the Chargers have a terrible and run defense. The fact that he's splitting third down work is really encouraging this early. Yeah, because Penny wasn't doing that. Um, all right, Seattle. Well, you got to worry about that one. Travis Homer's back. Okay, the Seattle wide receivers. You know, look. Last week I talked about it ad nauseum. The the uh, the Charger, the Cardinals rather didn't give up big pass plays. A lot of air yards. They kept everything in front of them. The Chargers are a lot more vulnerable to that. They do get let people get behind them. They do give up some some big pass plays down the field. And Lockett and Metcalf, uh, you know, both go down the field. It's not like Lockett can't do that. Obviously, so. Um, yeah, I, I, you don't even have to tell me who you like better. Heath, you said earlier that you like both of them as what, number twos? Um, borderline number ones this week, but yeah, I like Lockett better, but they're both starts. Yeah, look, it's an interesting week for starter sit because <laughs> with with those with the four teams that are on by and the quality of players that are on by, it's going to be really hard to sit DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but uh, all right, we'll, we'll try to talk about them a little bit more throughout the show. Sit the Seattle tight ends. And uh, Justin Herbert is top five for both of you. I think he's seventh right now for Dave. But yeah, you're going to start Justin Herbert. I, I mean, look at Seattle. Look, you know, Seattle has this habit. We're not halfway through the season yet. This habit of being just awful defensively the first half of the year, and then being pretty good defensively the second half of the year. And at least we'll keep an eye on if they are turning it around or not, um, because you know they were very good. Young secondary is playing better. Uh, yeah, but this is. This is a pretty. I, you're not sitting Justin Herbert or Mike Williams or 
Like it's a pretty easy game, really. Keenan Allen's the, tr- the troubling part. Well, how could it be? Eckler's easy and, and Herbert, yes, but how could it be easy with Mike Williams when he has three games with a hundred plus yards and three games with seventeen or fewer yards? I don't think there's well, anybody that's. Go ahead, Jimmy. That seesaw will tilt one way or the other, so <laughs> you might want to be on the bandwagon if it's going to be the right way. Like what players that have three one hundred yard games are we considering benching? No. Mike, no, I'm not considering benching Mike Williams, especially this week. But I, I do think you know, I want to at least acknowledge the frustration for fantasy managers because he's had at least he scored a touchdown in one of the dud games. But I'm just trying. I'm looking at the matchups and I'm trying to find is there anything that predicts Mike Williams? And it's really hard because first of all, Keenan Allen hasn't played this year. He played like a quarter and a half. So that's an X factor. But looking at the teams he did well against and the teams he struggled against, really the only thing I can find is that two of the three times he did well, it was against teams that give up a lot of air yards. Uh, And Seattle is uh, also gives up a lot of air yards. The eighth most completions of 20-plus air yards. So this should be a good matchup. That's all I got. That's all I got. I I mean, mean, you have have right now Keenan Allen, if he plays, he's not 100%. Josh Palmer's in the concussion protocol. Donald Parham's in the concussion protocol. Gerald Everett's dealing with an illness. Uh, I mean, this could easily be a spread the ball around and get DeAndre Carter going, you know, to yeah. whatever extent he's going to get going. Continue to use Eckler and potentially Sony Michelle in the passing game. I mean, look, Tariq Wollen has had a fantastic rookie season. He's still a rookie cornerback. And if Justin Herbert can't take advantage of that with Mike Williams, then... I don't understand All right, what the fine, Chargers are doing. Fine, I'll stop. I'll leave it alone. But if Keenan Allen plays and Mike Williams has a bad game, you know we're going to be like, well, look at that first game with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams didn't do well. And you sat here and you just poo-pooed it and no, you, no, no, and no, no, you no, rolled no. your eyes there, at me there, for there, even there bringing it up. There's things I play here because you're talking about moving forward. Think about every player that is on a buy or hurt right now. How are you sure. sitting Mike Williams? All right, fine. I was just having a conversation. I, Start Mike I, Williams. And also, like, he might have a – no one's saying that he couldn't have a bad game here. But if the guys scored 19 PPR fantasy points in 60% of his games this year, you should just start him. There's no way that's true. 19 – well, first of all, he's only played six games. How could he have 60% of his games? But he's had three good games and three bad games. Well, he did score a touchdown in he- one of the bad games, but it was still bad. Um, I think there may be a flaw in this. Is the first time I've ever seen this. The site that I'm using does not show anything for Mike Williams in week three. They're in denial. Uh, <laughs> Gerald Everett, starter sit. Man, Allison would be very mad at you. Me? No, Heath. Why? Allison, the prince, the, the queen. Oh. Adam didn't know she was the queen. <laughs> Um, starters at Gerald Everett. I didn't know that. Uh, oh my god! Must start if there is no Keenan Allen. Maybe start oh, if Keenan Allen plays. Depends on what your that. tight end situation looks like. You know that. Okay. All right. Pittsburgh at Miami. Already talked about the seven target thing. Miami's defense struggling a little bit lately. They are on a three-game losing streak. Maybe a better offense will help their defense keep them off the field a little. I don't know. Uh, does Does the quarterback for the Steelers matter when you rank? The other Steelers? Um, it matters for Pickens. Does it matter for Deontay? I don't think so. 
I, I think it's, you know, you, you, you saw a very high volume target game when he threw 50 passes, Pickett did for, for Deontay Johnson. He's still the one. Um, it, it's a one and one a when Pickens is playing. It's a one and two when Trubisky's playing. Okay. All right. Uh, so he th- lay out this game for me. We're starting the Dolphins receivers, and are those the only easy calls in this game? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Najee and Deontay thing is pretty easy. It's do you have what why a wide receivers or running backs you want to start? No, then you're starting them. Yes, then you're not. They're uh, low end number two options. Friermuth's going to be a start as long as he plays. I'm I'm starting Tua. Uh, how about Mostert versus Najee? Uh, I like Najee better. You know, I I think Mostert is an okay flex. He's certainly going to get more work. This I still believe in the Steelers' run defense, certainly more so than their pass defense, especially depending on who's healthy or not. But I mean, Mostert's really had one quality game so far this season, fantasy wise. And so even though he's getting work, he's just not producing consistently. I, I'd go Mostert over Najee, but not not a strong feeling either way. All right, we probably have to spend some time on Najee Harris. Would you start Jeff Wilson or Najee Harris? Wilson. Uh, Wilson, but it's close. <clears throat> Certainly Wilson in non-PPR over Najee. I'd probably give Najee a slight nod in PPR because Wilson's just not catching passes. This is the game for Wilson to catch passes if there's ever going to be one because of how the Chiefs give up production in the passing yeah, game. But um, I wonder how much that fumble comes back to haunt him last week. Mm. Uh, how uh, how about uh, Tony Pollard or Najee Harris? Najee. I would start Pollard over both those guys that you just mentioned. How about Najee or Deontay Johnson? Who's a better flex? Deontay and PPR, Najee not in half. All right. And I guess you're sitting George Pickens. As much as I'm confident in Deontay scoring a touchdown, I want to see it first. <laughs> yeah. Why, um, how hesitant are you with Tua? Or are you just basically ranking him as you would if he didn't miss time? I'm ranking him as if he did not miss time. Um, if there were everybody uh, playing this week, no bye weeks, he would not be a number one quarterback for me. Uh, I like Ryan better. I like Garoppolo better um, based on their, their matchups and play. Um, Again, two was very similar to Raheem Mostert. He's had one good game so far this season. So yeah, that, that's like fantasy wise, that's true. But he threw 18 passes against the Bills and threw for 186 yards. Mm-hmm. Like he was as good against the Bills as just about anybody's been. And, and to be fair, he was probably concussed in that game. And they ran like 35 offensive plays or something, and he missed a few snaps. So I, and he threw for 270 yards against the Patriots in a game when they didn't really have to throw. So right. I, I just think this offense is third in passing yards with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson playing in three or four games or something. Um, wow. I think they're really, really good. I also think, though, we should give the Steelers defense some credit. Um, you know, the stuff that came out after last week and how they frustrated Tom Brady, despite the fact that their secondary was a complete disaster yeah. from an injury standpoint. Mike Tomlin is a genius. And so, you know, is he going to throw some things at Tua, uh, especially if the offensive line is banged up? And um, Armstead's not out there. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to patch things together without T.J. Watt and, again, whoever plays in the secondary. But they were great last week. And, you know, it's not easy to frustrate Brady. Um, will they frustrate Tua? Who knows? So I, 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 give, I give Tomlin a little bit of an edge in this matchup from a coaching standpoint. 
Yeah. All right. That's it's interesting. That's a good discussion there. Okay. So Raheem Mostert is is a, like a low end flex, low end number two or a flex. Uh, he does have 14 or more carries in three straight games. Steelers do have a pretty solid run defense. Uh, a little inconsistent, but you know, mostly solid. And then Hill and yeah, I mean, like Fournette, he's not doing what Fournette did last week. He's not catching the ball. Yet. Right. Right. Fournette was terrible running the ball. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I'm sure, is a must start. Jalen Waddle. Interesting year for Jalen Waddle. Uh, by the way, Waddle has a 23% target share. Tyreek Hill has a 30.4% target share. These guys get 53% of the targets for the Dolphins. Uh, Jalen Waddle, is he just slam dunk this week, Keith? As long as we don't, like, I'll feel worse about him if it's a game time decision type thing, because then you worry more about playing a few snaps and then leaving. But if he's fully cleared on Friday, he's a slam dunk. And there's zero chance I would start to if Waddle's up. And Gasicki, is he tied to Waddle? Yeah. 100%. Okay, someone should untie them. Sit the Dolphins DST. Unless, Heath, you want to make a case for the Dolphins DST, or should we go? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Jets at Broncos. Okay, it was sit Zach Wilson. uh, I mean, this obviously is like an amazing pass defense. So it's just Brees Hall, right? For the Jets? Yes. Yep. And he has, is he just like a, like an easy, just set it, set it and forget it. Brees Hall. Yep. 100%. Okay. All right. Let's go to the Broncos then. Sit the running backs. Yes. 100%. If you had to pick one, Latavius or Gordon? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I'd pick Gordon in full PPR. I would pick Latavius. Okay. So then Russell Wilson or Trevor Lawrence against the Giants? Lawrence. Lawrence. Russell Wilson or Jimmy Garoppolo against the Chiefs? That's not even close. Garoppolo. I think I've got Wilson higher. Why? I just, and we talked about this yesterday, I just don't believe that Wilson is just completely done and he's going to be awful the rest of the year. And like Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not like this is some really good fantasy option. His ceiling is about 21 fantasy points. Which has been better than Russ so it far. It has been. But, I mean, we've been doing this for seven years together. You know that. I don't, don't just look at the last few weeks and say that's what's going to be forever. Okay. Uh, and then Sutton. Where do you have Sutton ranked? 15? 18? Yeah, 20-ish. Okay. I'll give you some running backs. Would you start, let's say James Connors out. Would you start Eno Benjamin or Cortland Sutton? Uh, Sutton and PPR. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, you want a uh want an Azer stat for the for the Jets pass defense? Okay. Yeah. All right, good. Because I seven to nine targets for receivers against them on Thursdays. Yeah, basically. But that's just an Azer stat. Okay. There have been seven wide receivers with seven to ten targets against the Jets. Five of them have ninety-three yards or a touchdown. The only exceptions were Tyreek Hill playing with Skylar Thompson and Romeo Dobbs last week. So you get seven to ten targets, and that's you know, you can that's that's kind of the range for Cortland Sutton. He's usually seven to eleven targets. Usually have a pretty good game. And you're sitting Jerry Judy, as you said. Um, any interest in Greg Dulcich? Not yet, but if you have an ability, stash him, stash him. Just like I'm his mustache. Yeah. 
Dulcich de Leche, team name Tuesday. What do you think? Terrible. <laughs> Did you see that comment that I retweeted, that I quote tweeted last night? No. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, display it here. But here, I got to ask you the toughest question for this Jets-Broncos game. Toughest question, which DST do you like better? The one playing Wilson. Denver. I like the Jets DST a lot. They've been fantastic. And Russ stinks. Okay, so let's uh let me share my screen here. And every defense has been good against the Jets. It's a, it, against the Broncos. It's amazing. Even the Texans and the Seahawks, they've all been really good. Um they don't score points. Yeah, talk talk for like five seconds if you if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, take the under in this game. This is gonna be a defensive battle. Um these quarterbacks are not going to all of a sudden change who they are for this week. Um, Quinton Williams is a man possessed. Right oh, now, yeah. By the way. Defensive player of the year. He's in the running. Who's that going to be? I was very happy to pick him up in the IDP league to play him against you this week. Oh, damn it. Well, the Broncos have a great offensive line. I'm not worried. Okay, I made a <laughs> hilarious joke on Twitter. And then the rink source says, you're not funny. Dave, Heath, and Jamie secretly can't stand you. Secretly? Uh, yeah, that, I said I think at least one of the three can stand me. So the over-under is at one and a half of how many of you guys can stand me between Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Heath, I definitely is de- like I can't hit the, uh, you know, Heath is definitely a no. It's Dave likes me. Jamie, you know, that's where the one and a half comes in there. I th- I'm the only one that went to your wedding. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Heath, where were you? Uninvited. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, let's go to our next game. Did you see what I retweeted for you? No. Uh, you can you can search it. I, it's the gif of you uh, with your thumbs up. It was when you made your joke yesterday. It was such a good joke, wasn't it? I forget what you said, but I said this was this was what you look like staring in the mirror practicing. <laughs> well, I made the joke on the air, but then I perfected it on Twitter, and it was, "Did you know that the that uh, they're only broadcasting the the first and second quarters uh, on that Black Friday game next year?" Period. Dot dot dot. Yeah, it's half off. <laughs> See, I told you. Yeah, Jamie can stab me. All right, next game. Colts and Titans. It's a rematch. Storyline of the game here. Let's talk about that. How the Colts get all rematches already? I know, right? Two rematches that in, in the first seven weeks. That's weird. The Colts play with pace. They are 10th in pace. They are 9th in situation neutral pace, according to Football Outsiders. The Titans are the slowest team in the NFL. And Matt Ryan is a huge one here. Jamie, uh, you must like him a lot. Uh, and because I know you like Pearson Pittman quite a bit. I, I want to talk about, you know, what could go right and what could go wrong for Matt Ryan, but let's let's talk about Matt Ryan here and how much faith you have in him this week. I have a lot of faith in him given the circumstances of what the week looks like. And so I would start him over Russell Wilson. I would start him over Aaron Rodgers. I would start him over Tua. You know, I don't know how far you want to go with this. Um, but I think it's a good opportunity for him to continue to build off what we've seen from him. And that's, you know, 37 or more pass attempts. I think that's an easy situation based on how this game should go based on the secondary that he's facing. He already faced his team once, got 22 fantasy points against them. Um, their offensive line seems to be getting better, so that could be great for Jonathan Taylor. But until we start to see the dominant Colts run game show up, I think you got to buy into what Matt Ryan's been doing. And so getting the ball out quick uh, is going to matter. I think Frank Reich is adjusting, which is always a good sign of good coaching. I think he's a good coach. And so while the Titans could have a game plan for him after having faced him already, if he can limit the turnovers, which has been a problem for Matt Ryan this season, I think he'll be in that 22 to 25 point range again. 
Yeah, I think what could go wrong is kind of the the four games that he's not thrown 50 passes this year. Hmm. Um, three of them kind of show you what could go wrong. He's got 195 and zero touchdowns against Jacksonville, 222 and yeah, two no receiving against the Chiefs. Though. What's that, 18 to 19 fantasy points with the fumble? Um, 250 and zero against the Broncos, and then he had the 356 and two against the Titans. So he, yeah. he can throw 35 passes and still be below 300 yards. Yeah, yeah but the, you reference one game when he had no Pittman or no Pierce. One game against Denver, which might be the best secondary in football. Right, those have been his two really bad games for Matt Ryan. Yeah. The, what's What makes me a little nervous, and I, I picked him, I, I put in claims in, in most of my leagues for Matt Ryan because uh, they have changed their offense, they went no huddle, they are playing with a lot of pace, they are throwing the ball more, but what makes me nervous is he has the basically the lowest air yards per pass attempt in football. Uh, and we're, we're talking about the last four games where he's been good in three of them, and the only time he wasn't was against Denver. In those three good games... Well, he has the lowest intended air yards per pass attempt. So he's just throwing really short. How he's many points really did frequently. he have against the Chiefs? 19.3. That's not okay. bad. It's, you're right. It's not, it's not great, but it's, you know, it's usable. He's the worst quarterback against the Chiefs this season. It's usable, right? I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. 19.3. you're getting that this week, knowing that you're having to replace Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen, that's, that's right. perfectly fine. Other issues I see for him, he's 24th in sack rate in those three games. Uh, his longest completion is 32 yards. That's 33rd. Uh, that ranks 33rd. That's only in these in these three games uh, that he you know kind of came through for you. So he's not throwing the ball downfield. He's just throwing it a lot. That's basically it. They're off. Well, I mean, line anytime you're going to have that much volume, you're going to get the opportunity to get sacked more when this offensive line. Still no sack rate. He's 24th. I'm glad you brought that up. 24th in sack rate. So it's not just the attempts it's in the dropbacks. The uh, the thing that scares me would be is that a lot of this has come without Jonathan Taylor. So if, yep. if Taylor comes back to being Taylor again, which is what we all hope, I mean, as much as we like to see Matt Ryan play well, forget about that. You want to see Jonathan Taylor be Jonathan Taylor. Um, that, I think, could change some things. On the flip side of that as well, a good portion of the last, you know, two-plus weeks has been without Naeem Hines, too. So another yeah. pass catcher on the and, and then maybe the whole neutralizer in this whole thing is just the matchup, that Tennessee is so bad most passing yards per attempt in the NFL, most completions of 20-plus air yards in the NFL despite having a bye, and every quarterback has scored at least 19 fantasy points, every quarterback has thrown two or more touchdown passes, four straight quarterbacks, including Matt Ryan, have thrown for 303 or more yards against the Tennessee Titans. So that's kind of the case for and against. Seems like the, seems like the pro outweighs the con in this scenario, right, for Matt Ryan? Is that fair? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. All right, um, Derrick Henry, Jonathan, Derrick Henry must start. Is Jonathan Taylor, I just have to ask it because he's been pretty disappointing. Heath, is Jonathan Taylor a must start if he plays? He's a must start, but I understand why you'd be a little nervous because of the ankle and that's not knowing specifically how well it is, but he's a must start. And what about Naeem Hines if he plays? I don't think I want to start him, low-end flex. That's, uh, that's with Taylor. If there is no Taylor, Hines is a must start guy. Yeah. Uh, Robert Woods, only one game with more than 39 yards. He has one touchdown. He has exactly four catches in four straight games. Would you start Robert Woods or Alec Pierce? Pierce. Pierce by a mile. Would you start Robert Woods or Jerry Judy? Woods. Um, They're very, very close, but I'd start Judy. Woods or Deontay Johnson? Deontay. Deontay. Any interest in Ryan Tannehill? So the way that I went about the waiver wire guys this week was 
Ryan one, Garoppolo two, Tannehill three. And Tannehill uh, did have two touchdown passes against the Colts, only scored 17 points. You kind of know what you're getting here. There's there's a good chance for two touchdowns. He kind of does that when he's playing well. Um, the volume is always a key. But I always like to look at this when you have guys that have been in the league for a long time, uh, what their, their stats are coming off a of bye week. He's played three games post-bye week with the Titans. In two of those, 35 or more fantasy points. So that speaks to, I think, their coaching staff, which has been, for the most part, one of the better coaching staffs in the league and even a couple of different offensive coordinators over that time. Um, but Tannehill tends to come out of this situation playing better. Um, so maybe that's something to buy into. Small sample size, but there's some, some big success there. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it, I just want to ask some more questions about Alec Pierce here. Alec Pierce or Najee Harris? Um, I don't think Pierce is getting enough volume yet that it's it's a slam dunk in PPR. Certainly in the other formats, I would go Najee, but it's close in PPR. Yeah, I go Pierce in PPR. Okay. Yeah, the volume's been decent, but the, when you consider the pass attempts, the target share must be pretty damn low for Alec Pierce. Um, and then he kind of, you know, he made it all in one big play Maybe, at the yeah. very end of the game last week. So I, I was, I was thought you guys were a little higher than I thought. Uh, all of you have Pierce in your top 30. It's um, bye weeks. It's matchup. It's, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. Rookie wide receivers, as they continue to play, they get better each week if they're good. And I think he has the opportunity to be good. And so um, I asked, you know, Pete this question uh, about him as well. And he said he's learning the route tree. And that's a big thing, you know. So sometimes when you see these situations where they're not getting the type of volume that you look, is they're learning to do different things throughout the course of the week and they may not be executing it on Sunday. Um, but it's pretty clear the last couple of games, uh, the Broncos game for sure, and then the, the the 17 seconds left, the 32-yard touchdown catch. Matt Ryan's looking for him some key spots. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty encouraging to, to start with. And as he continues to get better, it's only going to get, I think, more and more production as we move on. Which DST do you like better, Colts or Titans or sit them both or what? Actually, they're both in play here. They're both kind of top 12-ish. Yeah, uh, Titans. I mean Titans just because of how much Matt Ryan gets sacked and has the ability to turn the ball over. All right, our next game is Atlanta at Cincinnati. Got to keep an eye on the Falcons' defensive backfield, A.J. Terrell in particular. They could be without their top two defensive backs. Stat of the game, uh, D.J. Reader, defensive tackle for the Bengals. He left in the second quarter of Week 3. So if you look at the the first two-and-a-half games... Of the season, running backs averaged 3.2 yards per carry against the Bengals. Since that game, since halftime of that game when Reader left, running backs are averaging 4.96 yards per carry against the Bengals. He, it has made a huge difference. Jamie, can we trust any Falcons running back in this game? I would say no, just because of how much they chop it up. Um, I would give a slight lean toward Tyler Algier, but I can certainly see Caleb Huntley being the better of the two. Uh, at this point, their flex plays at best. So, you know, it, it, it's Mariota running is taking away from them a little bit. Um, Avery Williams is taking away from them a little bit. I would not be surprised if we get to the weekend and you get a Damian Williams being active situation as well. So just keep that in mind if you're preparing for Thursday night. But they're not awful flex plays. If you just told me there was one guy, my gosh, it would be you know potential top 15 running back given the, the circumstance. Okay. Who do we just? Oh, Alec Alec Pierce or Drake London? Pierce. Okay, so we're <laughs> try to sit Drake London, I guess, if you can. And what about um, Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts or Taysom Hill? 
definitely Hill and Nolan. I'm playing Hill and both, just given the injuries for the Saints. Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth if he plays? Pat Fryermuth. Fryermuth. How about Pitt? Oh, go ahead, Heath. Like, I just... It almost feels like we've undersold how bad this situation has become for Kyle Pitts. Um, they're throwing 22 passes a game. He's got four or few, fewer targets in three of his five games. I just don't know that there's any reason right now to think it's going to get any better. They're they're three and three. It's what they what Arthur Smith wants to do is working better than we expected it to. I don't know. I mean, the, at the rate they're going right now, they're not going to draft a good quarterback. <laughs> You know where have you this, where have you moved him in dynasty? Only to two. If if you're a contender, he should definitely be lower than that. But like the rankings are for contenders and rebuilders, and so he's still only fallen to number two. But it's he's behind Mark Andrews for the first time in a year and a half. Yeah, I just do you feel like at some point they're going to have to throw more. I mean, it's like I'm looking at Justin Fields' game log in the first three games: 17, 11, and 17 passes. The last three games, a little better. 22, 21, 27, finally. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's kind of unrealistic to expect a team to throw this little. I've never seen anything like it. I don't even think the Ravens threw this. It just, this. It just depends on how the game flow is going. I mean, they've been in every game so far this season. They've won three of them. They dominated the 49ers last week, you know, so it's not like they haven't been a good team. Um, yeah. I, I just think you look at right now, this to me is there is 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 a very telling test because the Bengals offense is finally getting going. And so banged up Falcons defense on the road, right. coming off a win. There's a big letdown spot here for Atlanta. So, you know, if the Bengals offense shows up early, which again, you're counting on Zach Taylor, which has not necessarily been the best situation from a play calling standpoint. But if the Bengals offense shows up and they're down 10 plus points, 17 plus points, you know, 20 plus points going into the third, mid-third, late fourth, they're gonna have to throw. And so then I think Drake London comes into play. So that's just where you have to sort of gauge it. Kyle Pitts, hopefully, as well. Zach Taylor was extremely praiseworthy of, of Kyle Pitts for not doing very much. If they're going to have to throw, like, what does that mean? Does it mean that they throw the ball 25 times now? Yeah, 20, they get 27. 30 pass attempts, maybe? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, don't, I mean, go, go half by half. They're, they're probably in the neighborhood of 12 pass attempts by halftime, right? Uh, yeah. 10? 10 to 12, <laughs> right? I could be. That'd be so, blowing away their recent pace, you know. If, if they well, away last week, last week they threw it fourteen times. All right, I, I, let's. Uh, I don't want to belabor the point here. All right, let's move on. So, Mar, how do you feel about Mariota? By the way, as a bye week replacement, he's fourth for me behind the other three I mentioned: Ryan Garoppolo, Tannehill. I'd put him fourth. Would you start Russell Wilson or Marcus Mariota? Wilson, Mariota. Anything. Interesting on the Bengals side. Wilson's Burrow, in the Bailey Zappy range right now. Burrow's a must-start guy, and Mixon is a start, obviously. Jamar Chase. Yeah, I, one thing that I did not love was that T. Higgins last week had a 6.1 A dot. That was by far his lowest A dot of the season, um, and he's a guy who's been better when he's been getting the ball down the field. So I hope they can get back to that. It was only one game, and he was playing hurt, uh, but. You know, it, it, what about Higgins versus Boyd, Heath? Is is there anything to be concerned about here, or is it still must-start T. Higgins and flexish Tyler Boyd? That's the way I'm doing it. It, it would take more than, than that one week to change. Um, I think Higgins is a top 15, probably top 12 wide receiver this week. 
We got eight wide receivers so far that have scored 15 or more PPR fantasy points against the Falcons, and they are giving up the fifth most receiving yards to slot receivers. That's another thing to keep in mind. You know, is anybody starting Tyler Boyd this week? I don't have any Tyler Boyd. Um, he's a he's a number three receiver. You know, in in three receiver leagues, uh, you go back to prior to last week's game, and it's not like to, you know, it would be easy to say Tyler Boyd had, uh, and it's not a huge spike in targets, but you know, six targets for him is is a little bit over what he's been the, the previous weeks. Um, if T Higgins didn't play and Hayden Hurst didn't play, you know, and and Chase didn't have that game, Zach Taylor said prior to that that game they wanted to get him going a little bit more. So you know, six day targets I think could could be something where he lives. It's just a matter of you know will he deliver on it. So. Um, I'd probably say 10 PPR points is the floor. 12 to 14 is is the ceiling without a touchdown. So I don't mind him. I I would start London over Boyd. I would start London over Boyd too. All right. And Hayden Hurst is a sit. Just too many mouths to feed. No, I don't mind him this week. This Falcons defense oh, really? has been bad against tight ends and, and okay. another revenge game for him. <laughs> okay. Three tight ends have had 70 or more yards. They are Higby, Najoku, and Kittle. Against the Atlanta Falcons, but but he's not in your top twelve or anything, right? He's like, like sixteen. Uh, when I adjust my rankings, he'll be in the top fifteen. Okay. All right. Next game is Cleveland at Baltimore. Stat of the game: Cleveland has allowed the second most completions of twenty plus air yards. Only Tennessee has allowed more. And Lamar Jackson is a downfield thrower. He averages the sixth most intended air yards per pass attempt, the ninth most intended air yards per completion, or I guess I should say air yards per completion. For Lamar Jackson. So if Rashad Bateman gets out there, Heath, would you give him a go? I mean, you mean Deshaun Jackson? Huh. I, maybe. Does it? Does this matter to you? This uh, this stat at all? Um, it's I mean, okay I think it's good no. for Lamar Jackson. I, I think it's tough to know who to trust amongst the Ravens' wide receivers. Uh, Rashad Bateman will be a, a number three wide receiver in the Tyler Boyd Drake London range if he goes. Um, I'm probably starting London over him. It kills Devin DuVernay, and it, I do think if Deshaun Jackson is active, he matters. He was still really, really good when he played last year. Whenever they threw him the ball, uh, Kareem Hunt, Jamie starters at Kareem Hunt against a Ravens team that sees the sixth fewest running back carries in the NFL per game. Um, I would start him if I knew that they were going to throw to him, because the Ravens have been bad against. Opposing, I think they're first in reception on running backs. I'm not mistaken. Um, so he's 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 a flex. I mean, you know what you're getting with him. You're you're talking about a guy that's, you know, clearly the number two option. I I think what we're gonna get is is them going back to their backs. You know, after what happened last week, you know, going away from the run clearly because of the matchup. So um, I'm not sold on this Ravens run defense being good, especially without you know Michael Pierce being there. Um, I want to see them tested against a team like this. And so Nick Chubb, I think, is going to have a monster game. And I think we're also going to get, you know, potential for Kareem Hunt. Not a, not a must-start guy, but potential. I start Najee Harris over him. I start, you know, Benjamin over him. I start um, Jeff Wilson over him. I start Tony Pollard over him. Okay. Um, you know. Uh, would you start a Ravens wide receiver over Kareem Hunt? No. No. You know you're getting 15 total touches from Kareem Hunt. Would you start? Well, you hope you are. They just they can't get blown out. Would you start uh, Amari Cooper over Kareem Hunt? Uh, yes, in PPR. Yeah, I would do in all formats, I think. All right. The Ravens allow the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. We've talked about this, though. I mean, they've been a lot better lately, but with their last three games, they were pretty good against. I mean, give them credit. They did great against Cincinnati. Jamar Chase had 50 yards on 12 targets. T. Higgins barely played. 
And they did pretty well against the Bills, actually. Yeah, Stephon Diggs, 62 yards. Gabe Davis, 13 yards. So they've turned things around. Um, Najoku is just a start. You start Najoku over George Kittle. No. No, I'd start Kittle. Okay. Start Lamar Jackson. Any interest in a Ravens running back? No. It's just so frustrating that Dobbins is not 100% for this game. Yeah. They can't God, they're stop so bad. the run. Uh, this, this is going to be very interesting if he does not play. If he does not play, go back to where they were before Justice Hill got hurt and Dobbins was going because Justice Hill was the guy that they started to lean on a little bit more. Yep. So, you know, like I, I went in our FFT league and I'm terrible in that league. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to spend my fab and try and buy a win. And this is before I saw the injury report that Justice Hill was acting like, oh, no, I can't spend that much on Kenyon Drake um, because that's that's a total waste. Now, should he be the best of the group if there is no if there is no Dobbins and there is no Edwards because they can also activate Edwards for this game? Um, then I think you got to believe that Drake is going to get the first crack at it. But if they're trailing or they need to have a spark and Drake is not getting the job done, you know, don't chase the 10 for 119 last week. That is completely fluky for where yeah. Kenyon Drake is. So could he be the best? Yes. Yeah. Is it guaranteed? No way. Oh boy. What a matchup though. Third most fantasy points allowed to running backs. Cleveland gives up five, 5.55 yards per carry to running backs. Uh, Justice Hill, by the way, 10% rostered. So that might be a sneaky player to take a look at right now. Justice Hill talked about the Ravens wide receivers um, and starter sit Mark Andrews, Heath. Hmm. Sort of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ravens DST, they've been kind of up and down this year. Uh, they are in the top 12 for all of our rankers. The Browns don't give up a lot of fantasy points to DST, so they barely... How about this? They go into the New England game being sacked five times in their first five games, and they had thrown three interceptions in their first five games. Against the Patriots, four sacks, two picks. Usually they're a tough matchup because all they do is run. You questioned me on that one with the Patriots DST last week. Did I? I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, it was on the waiver wire show because I said the Patriots were my favorite DST, and you, you, you said these exact stats, which was... Um, yeah. I, it, it made me think twice, but I was like, nah, I don't trust you. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have. Hey, you for, if you force him to throw, and you score points, force him to throw, your defense is going to do well probably. All right, Houston at Las Vegas. The weird thing here is our last game. The the, Ra- the uh, Raiders have had a good pass defense, and the and the te- no, the Raiders have had a good run defense, and the Texans have had a good pass defense. It's kind of weird. Um, and the Raiders though are going to be without Nate Hobbs, starting cornerback, broke his hand. Uh, I got a lot of stuff here, but we're getting long, so just lay out this game, Heath. Uh, how do you see this game? Both the running backs are must-start. Devontae Adams must-start. You're starting Darren Waller as long as he's active. Um, Start Brandon Cooks. Hunter Renfro's a a deep, deep flex. Nico Collins would be if he plays as well. I like Renfro a lot if Waller does not play because there should be a spike in targets. I think this is going to be Renfro's best game. Um, I believe the the Texans play a lot of zone defense, so this could be an opportunity. But they give up the fewest yards to slot receivers. Yeah, I think this is a dink and dunk type of game for, for Renfro. Um, you want Derek Carr's numbers off a of bye? Yeah. So this is his uh, previous eight games coming off of a bye. He's averaging 23.6 points per game. Okay. And and maybe a little revenge for his brother. He's faced the Texans three times <laughs> in his career. In two of those games, he's passed for 580 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. The first time he faced them was, I believe, his rookie season. He was miserable against them. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, but the Texans have not been an easy matchup. They give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to the quarterbacks. 
they face Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. Herbert had I think 25 we just figured points. out what's going on. Well, I mean, Lawrence, <laughs> nine points. That's bad. Ryan, 17 points on 50 pass attempts. But Herbert was good. Herbert was 25 points, yeah. Start Josh Jacobs, start Damian Pierce. Um, Brandon Cooks. Now, we've talked about a lot of wide receivers this week. Brandon Cooks or Drake London, or this today. Brandon Cooks or Drake Cooks. London? Cooks. 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 Uh, Brandon Cooks or... Cooks is closer to Sutton than he is that group. Why? Well, I mean, at least where I have Sutton. Sutton's in the in the twenties. Okay, we have no wide receiver. Is this right? No wide receiver has scored sixteen PPR fantasy points against the Raiders. I have that in my notes. Doesn't feel right. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams had ten yards. Marquise Brown six for sixty-eight. The Denver wide receivers were fifty yards and a touchdown. So they, this is again not been an easy matchup. And Nico Collins has been better than Brandon Cooks the last four games. He's got more yards. Um, okay. Well, I, you know you what? You said no, but no wide receivers have what? 16 PPR fantasy points. Is that true against the Raiders? I have Cortland Sutton at 16.2. Okay. And so, I have four other wide receivers between 15 and 15.5. Okay. So that's a good range. I'll take that from Brandon Cooks. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup because I think, you know, these teams have been defensively different than we expect. We don't really treat them as tough matchups, and we'll see what happens this week uh, if if the trends continue. And that's basically it. Uh, De- oh, I'm sorry. No, Derek Carr or Tua? I would go Tua. I would go Carr. Derek Carr or Matt Ryan? Ryan. Carr. All right. Vic or Ryan? Vic or Ryan. And that's all I got. Enjoy Thursday night football. Hopefully we got a good game tonight. Because Monday Night Football is going to be pretty bad. For Heath and Jamie, I'm Adam. Live stream, 2 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today on Thursdays. See you there. Bye.